We believe that all men are created equal. The magnificent mosaic that is America. Radio beacon to radio beacon. I have a dream. Change has come to America. Believe me. Help is on the way. Knock, knock. Who's there? It's a figment of your imagination. Randy Roach Show. Turn up your mind. At one point in 2016, when he was first running for office, Donald Trump said this, I could stand in the middle of Fifth Avenue and shoot somebody, and I wouldn't lose any voters. That quote came to mind last week when audio from Trump advisor Steve Bannon surfaced from October 31st, 2020, just a few days before the presidential election. Let's listen. And what Trump's going to do is just declare victory, right? He's going to declare victory. It, but it, that doesn't mean he's the winner. He's just going to say he's the winner. The Democrats, more of our people vote early that count. Theirs voted in May. And so they're going to have a natural disadvantage, and Trump's going to take advantage of it. That's our strategy. He's going to declare himself a winner. So when you wake up Wednesday morning, it's going to be a firestorm. <laughs> also, also if, Trump is, if Trump is losing... Yeah. By 10 or 11 o'clock at night, yeah. it's going to be even crazier. <laughs> no, because he's going to sit right there and say they stole it. If Biden's winning, Trump is going to do some crazy <laughs> And of course, four days later, President Trump declared victory when his own campaign advisors told him he had absolutely no basis to do so. What the new Steve Bannon audio demonstrates is that Donald Trump's plan to falsely claim victory in 2020, no matter what the facts actually were, was premeditated. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, just now, Steve Bannon was uh, found guilty by a jury of his uh, peers. <laughs> I don't know if they were really his peers or not, because... Uh, they didn't show the jury, and unless they were wearing like nine different shirts all at the same time, they're not his peers. But uh, they just found him guilty of contempt of Congress, so um, failure to appear and failure to produce the documents that were subpoenaed. Now, we don't know whether or not he'll go to jail. We're waiting to find out whether or not the... Well, of course, the prosecution, it, you know, kept it nice and simple. They explained it as if, you know, you got a traffic ticket. They said to the jury, listen, if you get a traffic ticket and you don't believe that you were uh, cited properly, what do you do? You go to court, right? And if the court then says that uh, you were cited properly and uh, so we are saying that this was a valid ticket, then you have to pay it. And that is the end of the line for you, right? And so they explained it that way to the jury who were sitting there because they had been summoned to appear for jury duty. And I told you yesterday I thought that that would make complete and total sense to a jury. So it was short. It was sweet. It was, uh, you know, a five-minute trial because it's a five-minute issue. Now comes the contratomps. Now comes uh, the, the, the long-ass haul, right, because... I doubt very much that the judge is going to remand Steve Bannon to jail pending sentencing. Now, you know, sentencing in trials, and this is a criminal trial. This is a criminal contempt, a contempt of Congress. It's a federal trial in D.C. in a federal uh, with a federal judge presiding and a jury. Um, but, you know, sentencing is usually three months later, three months later. So what you want to watch for now is to see whether or not the judge actually remands Steve Bannon to jail, to prison, um, pending uh, the sentencing. I doubt it. 
I doubt it because the minimum for not appearing, the minimum is 30 days. The maximum is a year, and he's been found guilty on two counts. So it's a year and a year. But obviously, uh, you know, he won't do two years. Uh, the judge will probably make the sentences uh, run together. So a year is what's possible, I believe. But he's going to appeal, as you know. And so I doubt very much that the, uh, ju the judge is going to say, okay, you go to jail, cool your heels, you're a disgrace, uh, you're covering up something that uh, led to an enormous amount of destruction and violence and the death of five people, so I'm going to uh, remand you to prison. I, I doubt it. But I'm waiting. I'm waiting just like everybody else. We're waiting to find out. Now, last night, uh, that was mentioned in the hearing to show that Donald Trump not only premeditated uh, the attack on the Capitol and not only wanted it to happen, but actually refused to let it end because until he knew, which is what I told you yesterday and the day before and the day before that, that Donald Trump only let it end, only told people to go home, not just under duress and pressure from everybody around him, but he only agreed to tell people to go home half-heartedly when he understood that his violence wasn't going to win the day. It was like he, or, he didn't order them to go home as much as he ordered them to stand back, stand by for more, uh, you know, detailed orders or, uh, you know, for another regrouping. It was a retreat, basically, which is what, uh, you know, we all knew, and those of us who've been watching this, and, 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 and you know, it's not a tourist. It, they, these weren't tourists. Okay, this wasn't, uh, you know, uh, just a few people who, you know, got out of control. This was planned, and it was led by militia groups. It was, they were armed, they were in trees, they brought weapons, there were pipe bombs uh, outside the Democratic National Committee headquarters where Kamala Harris was. I mean, this was a real violent uh, attack, an attempt to overthrow uh, the government, the, the free and fair election, to keep power, to stay in the White House. Now, we've never had that before, ever, in this country. We've never seen it before. And so no one knows what the correct response to it ought to be, unless you're me and you. We're very clear that that man and his uh, minions have to go to jail. And so now we have Steve Bannon, but on a smaller charge. We have Steve Bannon being found guilty for contempt of Congress, meaning he is covering up what Roger Stone was doing that day. I mean, you know, it's like that scene in The Godfather when the, the Senate finally hears, uh, you know, my, the Michael Corleone's testimony. And just ahead of Michael Corleone's testimony, you have Frankie Five Angels and you have, uh, you know, another guy uh, who was a, a hitman. And they said, oh, so did Michael Corleone ever tell you directly to, uh, you know, push a button on a guy, to, to have some guy killed? And he said, no, you know, he never told me directly. Uh, you know, it came through other people. And he said, so like, the, like, like he had, uh, the Godfather had buffers? Yeah, yeah, he had a lot of buffers, Senator. It's exactly what's going on here. This is exactly how he ran his administration, like a mob boss. And so Steve Bannon is one of those buffers. Roger Stone is one of those buffers. Now, a lot of people around Donald Trump obviously got name-checked last night, and they all knew that this was premeditated. They all knew what they were supposed to do that day. In fact, Mitch McConnell knew what was going to happen that day because Mitch McConnell 
was trying to keep the Republican caucus, okay, his senators, from uh, agreeing to uh, contest the slate of electors. Now, you know that the House of Representatives uh, and the Senate is allowed to contest electors from any state they want, uh, but you need one House member and you need one senator to both agree. And McConnell understood that that was going to happen on January 6th because he told his caucus, don't do it. Don't don't sign on to like these crazy House Republicans, 147 of them. Don't do it. But, you know, Josh Hawley and Ted Cruz trying to cement their bona fides as Trump loyalists with their voters decided to uh, buck their leadership and... As you know, Josh Hawley objected to Pennsylvania's slate of electors, and Ted Cruz did too. Now, Josh Hawley, you know, when he saw the, the, the crowd, the violent crowd, when he was walking past the, the, the violent crowd, the insurrectionists who were preparing to invade the Capitol, he, he did the fist pump, as you know. And he's, you know, he did that to, uh, you know, cement uh, his solidarity with the violent ones. But what we didn't know was that when it actually came to pass, when the violence actually ensued, Josh Hawley fled like a little bitch. I think Josh Hawley left skid marks. I, I swear to God, I, 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 if, if, if the people of Missouri reelect Josh Hawley, Missouri needs to be put on probation. <laughs>